Well, hello, Toowoomba. Welcome to this week's episode of Talking Toowoomba. This week, we chat with the Empire Theatre, who, like so many others in the entertainment sector, have been closed. The fantastic news is that they will reopen in July and we hear how that will look for the theatre-goers. As you know, if you've been listening for a while now, we occasionally throw in a special day. But this week, there were just too many. So here is our quick pick for just Friday, the 26th of June. A shout-out to all the beauticians in town. Friday is Beautician's Day. It's also Take Your Dog to Work Day, World Refrigeration Day, Canoe Day, And my favourite, Chocolate Pudding Day. So take your pick and enjoy. Now in News of the Week, this week sees the start of the upgrade to the Margaret Street Playground in Queen's Park. It includes playground equipment, lighting and landscape upgrades. We also see local establishments like the Morangandan Hotel, Junk and Zacks opening up again with restrictions in force. Bookings are a must. Please check their Facebook pages for more information. Now let's get on with the show. Well, as we all know, the entertainment industry has been hit very hard and will be the last to reopen due to number restrictions. But we thought we would have a chat to one of our local institutions who announced last week that they will be reopening in July. We wanted to hear about what things will look like and how the last three months or so have been. So welcome to the Talking to Umba podcast, the Empire Theatre's General Manager, Kerry Saul. Good morning, Kerry. Good morning, Shane. So tell me, how many days have you been closed? Not that you're counting. Well, I didn't know, but I checked with Emily, and um, we've been closed for 95 days uh, since the last performance, which is an awful long time. Um, I had one of my staff come in yesterday. We've been doing a bit of work from home, and um, and it's the first time she's been here for seventy four days. Wow, yeah, it, it's been a big adjustment for everybody, hasn't it? Oh, I'll say. And this must have been hard on everyone concerned. So, what what have you been doing and able to do during this time where you've, you've been technically closed? Well, we have been closed, and obviously the social distancing uh, things, uh, and 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 ensuring that we met the guidelines of what our governments uh, and health people wanted us to do. So we've done a reasonable amount of working from home where we can. Uh, our technical staff and the guys who are normally working in the theatre managed to do some work uh, through the period, just doing a bit of maintenance and things. But um, you can't put lots of people in a room, so. That was a little difficult, and uh, probably the couple of bigger things that we've managed to achieve were um, the the reconciliation projections on the um, on the theatre, and also um, a light up light unite, which we did a bit earlier, where the guys got together and projected this wonderful imagery on the front of the Empire Theatre. Yes, it looked stunning, didn't it? I was say I, I was amazed. Those, those guys are very talented, that's for sure. Now, looking forward and being positive as this community has been over this time, what have we got to look forward to and how will it look for people coming for a night out at the theatre? Well, Shane, we've just, uh, we've just put 
uh, a set of shows on sale. Uh, for a start, four shows in July, the 11th, the 17th, the 25th, and the 1st of August. It's not quite July, is it? And, um, Near enough. And those, so one, one a week, uh, and we're kind of working on that basis that, well, we, we actually lose quite a lot of money. We've been supported by uh, the Queensland Government through Arts Queensland and the Empire Theatres Foundation and our business partners so that we can have something coming back to our public. Uh, and we're going to continue that through August, uh, and hopefully by then we'll have some change in our restrictions. Currently, we're only allowed to have 100 people maximum. We're kind of hoping that even before these shows start, uh, that they'll go to the four square metre rule. And for us, that means the Empire Theatre, which normally holds 1,561, uh, we would be able to have 253 in. So I was going to ask you, when when will bookings open? Now, when this goes to air on the uh, 21st, you'll actually have started taking bookings. Is that right? Indeed, indeed. We, uh, we opened bookings on... Wednesday the 17th, and for to get going, uh, Project 62 is our first show on the 11th of July, so we needed to get it in the public view uh, as quickly as possible. So all that stuff's on our website. Yes, yeah, so, so everybody should be going to the website and checking what shows are coming up. Uh, they can book via the website, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, our box office or our ticket office is actually going to be manned from now on from 9 to 1, Monday to Wednesday. Our phones are still manned, but for people who really want to have some physical contact, you can come down to the box office between 9 and 1. But uh, online is our preferred because, you know, it becomes the most contactless process. Now, Kerry, is there something you can tell me about the Empire Theatre that not many people will know? Well, there's one little piece, you know, and I'm an old carpenter, so that's sort of where I come from. But the balcony of the Empire Theatre, when you go into the Empire and you go into older theatres elsewhere, generally older theatres have columns underneath them. And this, the Empire only has two, which are right out on the edge of the seating. So there's no columns that you've got to pee around or anything like that. And in the balcony, there is a steel beam that's nine feet high or 2.7 metres high and almost the full width of the theatre. And that was made by the same company that was building the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Uh, they just completed it. And it was shipped from, Bris- from from Sydney up to Brisbane and came up by rail. It doesn't quite reach the sides of the theatre because the corners on the railway track weren't quite wide enough. So the engineers measured the biggest piece of steel that they could get up the railway track and brought it up. So that's why we don't have any columns in the theatre. Well, that certainly would add to uh, the viewing pleasure, wouldn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, um, if you go... To- if you've been to one of the theatres in Melbourne or uh, in Newcastle, the Civic Theatre in Newcastle was built in 1929 and they've got lots of columns underneath their balconies. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. When was the Empire Theatre built? Oh, it's had, it's had three lives, Shane. 1911 uh, it was built and, uh, and it burnt down in 1933. So it burnt in February uh, and it was reopened by November. So the walls of the Empire Theatre, when you come into it, the side walls, which are the beautiful brick walls, are actually from 1911. So the original theatre is still there, but uh, the inside was redone in 1933. And, of course, it closed in the 70s and was then reopened again in 1997, which is the view that you get these days. 
So there's certainly a lot of history around the Empire Theatre then. Oh, I'll say. And look, you know, I, I'm not I'm not terribly biased, but it's pretty much the most beautiful theatre in the country. And and people don't realise that that haven't been to other spaces, but uh, it's it's a pretty rare example of Art Deco. And, you know, there's a couple of other theatres around the country that are really lovely, but I reckon the Empire Theatre stands well and truly at the top of the tree. Uh, where else but Queensland, eh? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> about the only one that didn't get knocked down. Now, before I let you go, can you give us an update on upcoming shows and what options there are for people? And also, how many people can make bookings for a theatre performance at this particular point in time? Oh, man, that's that's tough. Well, the last question first. At the moment, it's a maximum of 100. So that's what we're looking at for the shows in July and August. The Prime Minister noted the four square metre rule last week. Uh, and if the Queensland Government adopts that, uh, we'll be able to go to 253 in, in the big theatre. So at the moment, it's 100 and hopefully it'll be a bit more. We've got lots and lots of bookings as we go through September, uh, October, October and November are incredibly busy. So we've still got shows on sale. Uh, and at the moment, we're just hopeful that around mid-September that the um, the shackles will come off theatres around the country. To to operate fully, we need to get rid of the um, the overall social distancing. Even with social distancing in our venue, we'll, we'll kind of run out of room about 650 people. But, you know, uh, we're taking in all sorts of extra cleaning and all those sorts of things that we need to do to be COVID safe. Uh, and we're certainly following all the instructions of, of government to make sure that um, we keep our patrons as, as safe as possible. So the best bet is to jump onto the website, which is empiretheatre.com.au. That's correct. So the, there's a 1300 number as well. Yeah, so, so the Empire Theatre's ticket office number is 1300 655 299. Kerry, I want to thank you for your time this morning. Oh, look, thanks very much for taking the time with us, Shane. It's, um, it, it really is great to be, um, it's great to be back. I, I think I've used the line. Um, it, it's great that the Empire can strike back from the COVID, uh, <laughs> uh, COVID process. Oh, we'll look out. out. Next year, we'll find a Star Wars show one day. <laughs> I look forward to that, Kerry. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Thank you very much. Now, with the success of our speed chats to local micro businesses, we thought we would spotlight a couple more this week as a nod to the UN's International Day for Micro, Small and Medium-Sized Enterprises this Saturday, the 27th of June which recognises their contribution to the economy worldwide. Yes, no matter how small you are, you do make a difference. Now, I'd like to introduce someone else to you who's part of the Homemade Collective at the Clifford Gardens Shopping Centre, and that's Carol Barclay from Threaders. Good morning, Carol. Morning, Shane. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for joining us this morning. So how long have you been making handbags? Because that's what you're into. How long have you been doing it? I've only been doing making handbags for about a year. Before that, I used to do a lot of embroidery. I used to make pocket pillows, which are big, which is a, a cushion with an embroidery on the front. It has a pocket on the front, and I used to put books in there for children, and there'd be a saying on the front as well. So I used to do that, and um, I used to make some little dolls and things like that. 
and then I graduated to sewing and just it just went on from there. I found that I really liked making the bags, all the different patterns, uh, the challenges and uh, all the fabric that I can get for them. So, yeah, uh, about a year making bags. Now you, you just don't make bags, though. You make all sorts of other things like clutch purses and wallets, I believe. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I make um, clutches, pouches. Um, I make uh, wallets. Um, I, I do hanging towel, the hanging towels. The um, I, I do beaded pens. Um, I, I do lots of little bits. I, I try my hand at, at lots of little things, but um, the bag making is is the main thing for me. You sound like you're a very crafty sort of person. I can understand why you're part of the, the homemade collective. Now, what, what, <laughs> obviously, normally you're at markets and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I normally do markets um, uh, just like once a month or something like that, or um, any special. I, I do the ones at the library as well um, when they're doing specialised things like Star Wars, Harry Potter, superheroes. You know, I've done those in the past. Yeah, so I, I like. A lot of my fabric is fandom, or I just really like, you know, fabrics that are different that you can't just buy at Spotlight and things like that. You know, I research my fabrics. I get them from the U.S. I get them from Australian custom fabric designers. Now, when when we popped into the collective store at the Clifford Gardens Shopping Centre, we actually saw one of your bags there that we thought was absolutely magnificent. Oh, thank you. It was like a, it had like a Disney theme to it. Oh yeah, that was um, that's actually a US custom fabric, so that it cost quite a lot of money. Uh, obviously, with the exchange rate and everything, but if I can't get it in Australia, then I get it from the the US. Well, I, I I do recall there were a couple of ladies standing there eyeing it off, and I believe it sold fairly quickly. It did. It, it did sell. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now if people miss seeing you at the collective uh, over the next yeah. three weeks, they can also purchase through you via uh, an online. And how do they do that? I, I just have a Facebook page, so they can um, message me. Go on my Facebook page, have a look, see the bags that I make. Message me. I do custom orders. You know, if I can get the fabric for people, then definitely do that. So it's Threaders on Facebook, just do a search. <laughs> I have a Threaders VIP group as well, um, both on Facebook. Now, the Threaders IP group, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I just wanted a bit more interaction with customers, so I just started the VIP group. Basically, I wanted to reduce what I put on my page with the algorithms on Facebook. People tend to get missed. So I made a group because you can be in that group and you can get to see everything. So that was my theory behind it. I must admit, I love on your Facebook page, your photographs they have up on as your portfolio. There's that one of the Harry Potter, that bag with the matching clutch purse just looks amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually, that was a custom fabric and I actually bought that on a D-Stash page. So... I trawl through everything I can to find fabrics that are different. Now, I must admit, I've not not that I carry a handbag myself, but I know uh, <laughs> my wife does, and and I know women yeah. love love handbags. And just scrolling through your Facebook page, there is just some magnificent examples of what you've made, and it just looks absolutely stunning. So, 
I hope you have a great time at the collective store. No doubt you're going oh, to be very, you. very busy making handbags. <laughs> Hopefully. All righty. Well, thanks for popping in and having a chat with us this morning. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye now, Carol. Bye. We're going to have a serious chat with a lovely lady called Tess, and it's it's about a subject that I'm very interested in. It's cookies. Tess from Darling Downs Cookie Company, how are you going? I'm well, thanks, Shane. How are you? Look, I'm good. And look, I, I want this to be a very serious chat because we're, we're talking about a serious subject, cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be serious. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about Darling Downs Cookie Company. Oh, okay. So we are a, a lovely little family-run business. So Hubby and I had this idea a few years back that we needed to do something else, have a little side hustle. And we were prompted by my mother, actually, who can make a really mean Anzac biscuit. So, yes, yeah, every now and then she comes through the goods. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and no, she does. She does a very good Anzac biscuit. So we decided we would steal that recipe and we would just play with all the other alternatives out there. And we really tried to channel things that our grandmothers made. So those biscuits that are a little bit nostalgic and that brought back those childhood memories. So some, some really basic recipes, but things that people just love. So how, how long have you actually been doing this? How long has Darling Downs Cookie Company been going? Okay, we're probably in our fourth year now, which has gone incredibly quickly, just slowly, progressively growing in that time. But, um, yeah, yeah, four years. Now, you, you've been one of the members who are at the collective that we spoke about in last week's episode that have got this little shop front at the Clifford Gardens Shopping Centre. Mm-hmm. What was the idea for you and what, what advantage did you see of being part of the collective? Oh, look, we, um, we've we spent most of our time in markets and um, have met some absolutely beautiful people, some wonderful makers and bakers in that environment. And when these lovely ladies who we've spent quite a bit of time with decided they want to do, you know, a bit of a shop front and play with that idea, we really wanted to support them. And of course, it was a great opportunity for us because right now in our current sort of environment, a lot of our other market avenues had been closed, um, obviously because of the dreaded COVID. So, you know, it was just an, it was just another thing to try with something, you know, we've really tried to put ourselves in different environments to really find where we fit best. So this was just another opportunity. Now, what do you reckon is your best-selling cookie? Oh, look, it's, it's probably the good old chocolate chip. Chocolate I, I, look, chip. I don't understand it, but it's not my favourite cookie, but people love the chocolate chip, and probably next in line would be the polka dot. Well, if you cover something in M&M's, you can't go wrong, can you? Ah, yes, of course, the M&M's. <laughs> and they're nice and colourful, so, you know, we all gravitate to that. <laughs> oh, that's the best of both worlds. That's a, that's a, that's a chocolate chip cookie combined. Oh, you've got, you've got heaven and a mouthful there. Uh, we have, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, what are some of the other cookies that you make that are a little bit, you know, left of field, do you think? Okay, well, we have even branched out. I have a very dear friend of mine who's actually Maltese. So she, I stole some recipes off her because I will steal a recipe at any point in time, like don't leave it unattended. 
Um, so we've gone down the path of some biscuitini. So they are an almond and lemon base. We've also got Ooh. some biscotti, some cashew biscotti, which is my personal favourite. And then we've got a lovely lemon delight, which is off a cream cheese-based recipe, which is very different from the others, not sort of traditional. Oh, you, you've got my mouth watering. <laughs> There's a biscuit I, I know of, from, I'm going to show my age now, talking about okay. the biscuit, the old ice vovo. Oh, yes. Have you ever made a cookie like the ice vovo? Look, we haven't. It has come up a few times. We do get lots of suggestions, but I don't know that we're quite clever enough to work that well with marshmallow. But, yeah, it's on the list, I think. If you were going to be marooned on a desert island, Mm -hmm. what would be your favourite cookie that you'd have to have a huge supply of just to get by, you reckon? Yeah, look, I think it would be a toss-up between the cashew biscotti and the (sighs) lemon delight. Mm. So the cashew biscotti is definitely for your coffee. Definitely got it. That's your coffee, your strong coffee and your biscotti. And your lemon delight is more of your 3 p.m. sugar fix. I think you've got your day covered then. I like your thinking. Now, look, obviously – People can see you at the uh, the collective for the next uh, next three weeks. Mm-hmm. It is now at Clifford Gardens, or they can catch you at the farmers yes. markets. Or once the other artesian markets open up, you you'll be popping mm-hmm. up there. But if someone happens to try one of your cookies from a friend and decides they've got to get hold of you, how can what's the best way for them to get in contact oh, look, with the you? The best way for us is through our Facebook page. So just quick as a quick message. Um, we're happy to help you out if you've got a, a little coffee van and you need some individually wrapped cookies to go with your morning coffee. And, you know, and also for the, also for the offices, we do do some little boxes up for the office where, you know, you can even use them as a fundraiser. So look, people have been quite creative with our cookies and so far it's been quite successful for them. So, but look, definitely Facebook page is the best way. Darling Downs Cookie Company. Tess, thanks for your time. I'm going to have to go and put the kettle on and make myself a cuppa. <laughs> oh, well, we'll have, to see, we'll have to see if we can get you some biscottis. <laughs> yes, please. Sounds good. Look, it was great Thanks, chatting Dave. with you. Look forward to catching up with you in, in the not-to-distant future. Bye for now. Bye-bye. What's on? Remember, the Toowoomba Farmer Markets are on this Saturday from 8am under the windmills at Cobb Co Museum. And on Sunday from 6am, Toowoomba PCYC Markets at the PCYC Toowoomba. Well, that's it again for another week. Thank you to those locals who share our work and champion our idea. Your support is so appreciated and helps us grow. Please share, subscribe and reach out if you have a story to tell. Enjoy your week. Take care. I'm Shane. See you around, Toowoomba. Toowoomba.